Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. You know, so, so what we're doing is biblical. You know, just so you understand that. What is all this stuff about? This Bible. Um, but it says, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. And in order for us to have the voice of triumph, it's not a singular voice. It's a combination uh, of voices that are intertwined together. And so it's all of our voices that create the voice of triumph. See, you, 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 you can't live dependent where you need the person next to you to worship for you. Well, because I just don't do that. This, this is the way God made me. Boring? <laughs> just, okay. I don't serve a boring God. I don't think he made you that boring. I think you just grew that way. And you can't be independent where you're under the assumption that, uh, which, thank you for sharing your assumptions with us. It, it explains a lot. You, you, you can't live, you know, independent where, bless God, I'm just going to do my thing, don't need you, because that's wrong. It's carnal. We have to live interdependent. We have to live in. We, we we have to we have to pour into and draw from one another. You know the the sequoia trees, the redwoods uh, can grow up to thirty five stories tall. But the root systems, you know, if if, if you ever get there and, and or if you've been there, you already know the the, the great sequoias. The root systems almost on top of the ground. Uh, the redwoods, the you know, the roots only go five feet deep, but but they stand. 35 stories tall, and they can withstand amazing winds and storms and just, just stand. But it's because the roots are intertwined amongst each other, and they, they hold each other up. And see, independently, you topple over. You know, it, and uh, it, it can't always be that somebody's got to hold you up. I said it can't always be that somebody else has got to hold you up. You know, you need to feed me, you need to dress me, you, you, you need to, you know, pay my bills, you need to carry my water, you need to, you, you know, it can't be that, you got you to grow up, you got to get strong. And, and uh, why? Well, because the people around you need your strength. See, in order for us to be who God's called us to be, that means that each one of us have to become who God's called us to become because we're, we're not, it's not a, it's, we're not a solo act. Okay, so you might be satisfied where you are, but we need you transformed. Yeah? Well, you know, the people around you are, 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 uh, <laughs> are done if you won't grow. So we got to grow. We got, we got to get stronger. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. You know why Jesus quoted the Psalms? He said, out of the mouth of bathed and sucklings, you have ordained strength to silence the enemy. And, and, he, and he actually changed it up a little bit. He said, out of the mouth of bathed and sucklings, you have perfected praise. Perfect, perfected praise. Perfected praise has the ability uh, to silence the enemy. 
You know, when you, when you get into an atmosphere at, like this one this morning and, and you begin to, to elevate your voice and, and one, one voice, one spirit, one accord, and we begin, you know, and, uh, you know Jesus, we love you. And you got to understand something, that that confuses hell. Your praise confuses hell. Hell, hell stops in its tracks. It cannot, it cannot vocalize and it cannot advance. In, in the presence of praise, and there's a couple of reasons why, and one of them is, is uh, that, man, if, if God be lifted up, his enemies will be scattered. And, uh, but you begin, to, you begin to elevate, and you begin to praise God, and hell has to shut up. Some of you guys need to silence hell for a while. And, 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 and you need to release something out of your mouth and that, that has, the, it has the power to silence hell. And, and it, confuses, it confuses the enemy. The enemy is confused in an atmosphere of praise and worship. And uh, which, by the way, if it confuses you, you might be playing for the wrong team. Because it's supposed to confuse the enemy, not the team. And one of, the, one of the reasons it confuses hell is because they hear this sound. See, it's your praise, and, and when we praise and worship together, it's, it's spirit. Okay, we're going we're gonna to get a little deep for a second. In the spirit realm, it's like a different frequency. And, 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 and your praise begins to go up, but to, but, to the, but to the enemy, they hear this sound, right? It's the voice of triumph. That sounds like Jesus. That don't sound like little old whiny you no more. Right? That don't sound like, like, like the little believer that's been arguing, you know, debating with the devil all week long. No, something changed in your voice. You got your God voice on now. And hell goes, hold on a minute. Don't, don't go right there, right now. I, I hear God in there. And I'm telling you that as we allow God to work in us, and, and, and that becomes more, a, 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 you know, a, con, a, a consistent part of us, and you begin to, to you're going to have situations that are just chaos, and, and you, you'll just utter the word, Jesus, I love you, and all of a sudden, hell will stop, because it starts recognizing the God behind your voice. Uh, yeah, you ought to be clapping. You ought to be thanking God because, uh, you know, part of the, yeah, part of the transformation starts with the revelation. See, and when you, when you, when you grab a tool that you know how to use, you know, I'll swing by Sackich's house, and, you know, and, and it's got, he's got a little shop. About the size of our sanctuary, and uh, and he's got these toolboxes that are worth more than most of our houses. And you open up drawers, and there's things in there. And it's like, good lord, what is that? And and the crazy thing is, he'll tell you, and then he'll show you how it works, and, and, and he'll, he'll take you to the point you wish I hadn't asked. And, um, <laughs> but when you find a tool that you know how to use, man, you can accomplish things with such a great level of ease that, you know, 
He can change the U-joints. How long did it take him? Yeah, you're being very, what, you don't want to disrobe right now? He saved Todd like three days, and it took him about 12 minutes. When you have the right tool, and you know what you're doing with it. See, that, that, that's, that, that's like, uh, why, why should you get involved in a, in a grow group? Why should you, uh, uh, you know, do the blessed life? So you understand that you've been given tools, and if you just knew how to use it. See, he can give me that tool and allow me to experiment. Um, you know, but except he doesn't want the tool ruined. Well, you know, back in the day, how many of you remember rabbit ears? Yeah, look at all the gray hairs. Okay. You know, they, they, were, they were the antennae that we set up on top of the TV so that we could get some reception. And, 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 and they had these little, you know, wires that, and these two little screws on the back of the TV. And, and when you needed to fix that, tighten that, uh, readjust that, what you do is you'd go into the kitchen and you'd get a butter knife and you'd bring the butter knife out and you would tighten down the screws and everybody's butter knives, you, you know what I'm talking about now, the butter knives all were bent on the end. Right? And you, nobody even had to ask what happened to that. Be, no, we know what happened to that. You were watching TV and the reception got bad and you went in there and tightened up the screws with a butter knife. That's called abnormal use. Everybody say abnormal use. It's where we get our one word, abuse. It's when you use a thing for a purpose other than the purpose for which the thing was created. Abuse. It is the use of a thing, anything that is used for a purpose other than the purpose for which it was created, that's abnormal use. See, some of you guys abuse your praise. Because you use it like a screwdriver on the rabbit ears. You think it's to make you feel better. I, I wish you could all stand and look at the way you look at me. <laughs> you abuse your offering. You think it's like a poker chip. And, it, and if I play my cards right, I'll walk away with the winning stack. You abuse your prayer. See, effective prayer is taking God's word into God's presence and getting into agreement with God on that word. It's taking the word of God, going into the presence of God, and allowing that word to change you, and you don't come out until you agree with what he said. But we use prayer asking God to change things when God wants to use the time to change us. It's an abnormal use of a thing. You know, you never ask a thing the purpose of the thing. You find the creator of the thing to learn the purpose of that thing. So you don't decide how God's tools are to be used, but you go to the creator. You don't even decide what you're going to do with your life. You never ask a thing the purpose of the thing. 
you ask the creator of the thing what the purpose of that thing is. You need, you, need, you need a connection with God to understand what you were created for because before he formed you in your mother's belly, he, he, he knew you, and so he began to shape you according for a purpose. You are a tool. Isn't that funny? And in the right hand and used correctly, you're very effective. But used for a purpose other than the purpose for which you were intended to be used, you're abusing life. And what we need to do is have a revelation Man, we need a revelation because a lot of us are, 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 what we're attempting to do is redefine the outcomes of our life. You know, Jesus came that we might have and enjoy life in abundance to the top, to the full, till it overflows. He came that we would experience Zoe, Z-O-E, God life, that life like God has it, more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack, more healing than sickness. But in, a, in our moment of chaos, we describe it as peace. Because, you know, we're not really experiencing life as God has it, but, but we will say, we will define it as, hey, this is what God life looks like. And so, because we haven't, we haven't figured out how to actually get it to operate, so we'll just call what we got what he said we could have. Which means we never get what he said we could have because we settle for what we've got. So we embrace our current condition instead of recognizing that ain't it. That that is not. I'm telling you, the chaos in, in the homes in our country, that is not God's intention. The brokenness in the lives of people, that is not God's intention the shame and the guilt and, and, and the rejection that you might be sitting under the pressure and, and the pain of rejection right now, that is not God's intention for your life. And for you to learn to deal with it is wrong. What you have to do is learn to identify that that's not God's plan. And so I need to make some adjustments. I need a revelation so I can have a transformation in my life. And, and, and we got to be careful. We got to be careful because, you know, we ain't going to stop doing church, but we got to be careful when we are doing church, huh? Because pretty soon, we, 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 you know, we're, we're more focused on, on, on like service attendance and getting little stars on our board up there. And, and, you know, you remember back in kids' church when they had the board? I don't know. Maybe you had one in the house. Maybe that's, maybe that's the only way they could get you to take out the garbage. They'll give you a star. You know, but, but God messes with that whole plan, and you walk in to look at the board, and there's already stars on everything. Because he looks at you as a completed project, and he's drawing you. He's trying to pull you into the, into the position. He's trying to pull you into the position that he's called you to be in, which means you can't settle for your current condition. Yeah, but I got drama. Look at somebody and say, everybody's got drama. <laughs> everybody's got drama in their life. Not everybody has victory. And, and you know, on, on this thought, just, just to make this service a few minutes longer. 
Just because you called it victory doesn't mean it was. See, not, you might call yourself a disciple. But I got to tell you something, not every Christian is a disciple. Now, every disciple is a Christian. But not every Christian is a disciple. You know, and understanding what Jesus had to say to and about his disciples, dude, he was, he didn't play. He didn't play. I, 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 I love, I love the, the story of the guy that was, you know, he, 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 Jesus was walking, and, he, and Jesus looked at him. He, he, he looked at him, and he said, hey, come follow me. He had a personal invitation from Jesus to follow. He said, hey, come follow me. And the guy says, hey, uh, let, me, let me bury my father. And Jesus said, you remember what he said? Let the dead bury the dead. I mean, you got you to get the picture right because it's not like Jesus was walking by a cemetery and there was a dead body there and a dude with a shovel and he was digging a hole. And Jesus said, leave him there. He can bury himself. That's not, that's not how it went down. <laughs> what the man was saying in, in, in literal terms is, hey, when my father dies, I want to hang around here and when my father dies, I'll get him buried and then I'll come find you. But he's probably going to leave some inheritance. And, 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 uh, and, you know, there's some things that if I make a decision to follow you right now, I'm not sure how that will impact that, that current relationship that was probably a little edgy, you know, while I was a teen. But we've just kind of reconnected. And he's getting up there in age. And it won't be that long. He'll die. I'll bury him. Then I'll come find you. And Jesus left him standing there. You know, you have your way. You know, we, we really don't get it. You know, Jesus said, don't think, don't think that I came to send peace on the earth. Doesn't that seem weird that out of the mouth of the Prince of Peace would come that statement? I didn't come to send peace on the earth. I came to bring a sword. And, and what he was saying is the, the phraseology there is important. To send peace. To send means to throw out as if you don't care where it lands. He said, I, I didn't come so that you just be at peace with Whatever. I came with a sword in my hand to, 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 so that there could be a separation. And, and he goes on to say, hey, the guy that doesn't hate his father, the gal that doesn't hate his, her mom, the, 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 the dude that doesn't hate his brother and sister, you know, he, this is what Jesus said, he cannot be my disciple. Well, how, how can, you know, how could Jesus, you know, say that, I, hey, husband, you got you to gotta hate your wife. But then the one commandment that he gave to men in marriage is, husbands, love your wife. I mean, that sounds like a contradiction, but it's not. Because what he's saying is, hey, you know how much you love your wife? You know how much you love your mom and dad? You know how much you love your family? Well, your love for me has to be so great that when you take your immense love for them, it looks like hatred in comparison. And if you ain't got that kind of love for me, you're not going to make it as a disciple. You'll be a church attender. See, some of us, we okay? Because I'm not to the message yet. This is just the leader part. Some of us, 
have defined ourselves as a follower of Christ. But it's odd that it's hard to find Jesus in your life. I mean, the actual evidence, not the T-shirt. We saw the bumper sticker, which, by the way, you might want to get him off your bumper until you get him in your heart. Because yeah, what will happen is you'll end up in traffic. And you have Je- it's weird when Jesus' bumper sticker is giving you the bird. Okay, I'm just... And, and again, when you're in traffic and you're complaining about the traffic, remember, you are the traffic. See, we, we, we even try to redefine all of this stuff, and it's like, hey, you, you, you want to get serious about following Jesus? Well, it's going to change the way you live. I'm telling you. You know, it, it's just going to, it's going to change the way you think, which is going to change the way you feel, which is going to change the choices you make, which is going to change the actions that you perform, which is going to change the habits that you develop, which is going to change the character that you possess, which is going to change the result. Thank you, God. But a lot of us are wanting God to reach into the result without touching the heart that creates that result. I think I'm ready to begin. See, the drama isn't what makes you special. Everybody has drama. The victory is what makes you different. See, the drama isn't the excuse not to have victory. The drama is the reason to not settle for less than victory. And see, the difference between victory and not victory is a belief system. You either know truth or you don't. And if you convince yourself that what you know is truth, then you will never seek truth. See, it's what you know that prevents you from knowing what you need to know that has the power to take you where you need to go. See, you're certain that you know. When you're certain that you know, it's very hard for wisdom to come. You can't have revelation if you don't need it. You can't have transformation if you think it's already occurred. Okay, now with that thought, let's look at some scripture. Jeremiah 17, I love this. I want to read it from the New Living, but we're going to read it from the King James 2, because that's up there. So let me read it to you from the New Living. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, okay? Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. Blessed are those. What does it mean to bless? To position, to win, or succeed regardless of the circumstance. 
See, God wants, you're asking God to bless you, but you have a different definition. You want God to bless you. What you mean is you want God to make your life easy. But when God blesses, the word bless means to position you to win or succeed regardless of the circumstance. So he positions you to win. This particular word blessed is barach, and it means to bless yourself. You want to live the blessed life? Well, let me just ask you this. How many of you would love to live the blessed life? See, see, you that didn't raise your hand need to pick up an ID10T form. I'm not raising my hand because he has trick questions. I'm not going to let him draw me into that trap. How do you know I'm not already blessed? I wonder how we could tell that. Uh, Because to be blessed is to be positioned, and we can tell by your disposition. The prefix dis means to push or press out of, so you have allowed circumstances to push you out of the position that you should be in. What God is saying is that if if you want to live the blessed life, then position yourself correctly, and you will see the outcome of a blessed life. Bless yourself. The man that trusts the Lord and has made the Lord their hope and confidence. This is, this is uh, verse 7 in the New Living. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope See, and have made. See, it's, it's like, no, it's what, what you do, how, how, how you press into life, how, how you move forward, how, how, you, how you think, how you believe, how you act. And, and you make the Lord your confidence. You're, 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 let, 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 let me break it down. You, you, it's, all, it's all in whose hope is in the Lord. See, and if your hope is in the Lord, then your confidence is in the Lord, or the Lord is your confidant. it's really important that you get this. The Lord is your confidant. He's the one you confide your secrets with. Facebook isn't the place. Now, I haven't looked at Facebook in like months, so I feel free to just rattle on. So you can't think, well, he must have saw what I posted. No, I didn't. And that was for your own safety. I have refrained myself from going there so I don't hurt you. Because people post on Facebook as if Facebook had the ability to fix what they're posting about. You never give your crud to somebody who can't take care of your crud. You, you know, you, you, you don't get on Facebook and tell the whole world about the the faults and flaws of your spouse, unless you're an idiot. You know, man, how, how do I position myself for, for, for God life and, and to, to really excel and to, to know victory? You, you make the Lord your, your confidant. 
that when things are out of control, you don't know what to do. You, 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 you would tell him, and, it, and, and man, you're going to bring others into it, but you start with him. Look at verse 8. They are like trees. Just leave the scriptures up once we get them because that thing could lock up and then we'd have to look at that. He's like a tree. He's not a tree. He's like a tree. Okay, so, you know, you got you to get this that, uh, you know, there, there's this parallel picture he's painting. And he said, they're like a tree. Picture it planted like by the riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. And these trees are not bothered by the heat. He didn't say these trees don't have heat. He said, hey, they're just not bothered. Uh, uh, King James is great here. Uh, uh, And they shall not see when heat cometh. That's not what their eyes are focused on. They they don't recognize that. Look at that. They don't see when the heat comes. But they they just have green leaves. and They're not careful in the year of drought. And they never stop producing new living. They never stop producing. They're not worried by long months of drought. They're not, they don't let circumstances or situations have the authority to make the choices of the progression of their journey. So you gotta position yourself this way. You gotta get, you gotta get in the position of a disciple. And then he like throws in verse 9, which is kind of interesting. It's like, a, oh, by the way, look at verse 9. The heart is deceitful above everything and desperately wicked. What does that have to do with, you know, trees? And, well, because it's out of the abundance of the heart. That's, that's how your life is motivated. That, that determines the direction of your life. It's the abundance. It's not the, it's not the few little phrases that you used in, in your accountability circle when you were praying for one another. It, the, those are the words you used. It, it's, it's, it's the abundance. It's the overflow. It's the leftover. It's what's actually filling up the, the, the well of your life. That, that's what's going to determine the, 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 uh, you know, the process or, or the, uh, you know, the progress of your life. And if you call your heart pure, then there's no room for God to come purify your heart. You know, as we seek transformation, you know, as we bless ourselves, you know, uh, uh, just uh, real quick, just a couple of things you got to look at, you you know, uh, because it's all about position. It's obedience, it's submission, it's, it's honor. These things, these things aren't, you know, we, we think about these things like the, like it's the act that's making the difference. No, it's the position that the act puts you in that makes the difference. You know, I grew up in, in, in a, in an environment, in a church environment that had a lot of rules and a lot of stuff and, 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 uh, uh, and you know, and ladies couldn't wear makeup, and they always had long dresses, and men didn't wear jewelry. And and and, uh, and honestly, those it, those actions in and of themselves weren't weren't the the power maker. It was the position that being obedient is, is, is obedience puts you in a position. Obedience is how you bless yourself. Well, I, I don't have a, an obedience problem. Okay. Let's just talk about your level of obedience. How's your prayer life? 
I mean, it needs to be daily, and it needs to be, it needs to be real. I'm not talking about you pray before you eat. Because a lot of people, their prayer life consists of, thank you for the food and the money to pay for it. In Jesus' name, amen. How's your prayer life? Because Jesus said when you pray. He didn't say if you pray. He said when you pray. So you've got to have a prayer life. And if you, if you don't have a real measurable prayer life, you're already in disobedience. Do you live a fasted lifestyle? Do you fast? Yes. When I go to bed. Which is why I call it break fast. You're already in disobedience because Jesus said when you fast. Let's talk about your giving. Would your lifestyle of generosity, if, if not, not how you describe it, if you handed it to God, would he say obedient or disobedient? Because it matters because that's what position you're in. See, disobedience, again, the prefix dis means to push or press out of. What the enemy wants to do is use circumstances and situations to press you out of your position. Blessed is the man, positioned to win and succeed is the man who trusts the Lord, who says, you know what, God, your ways sometimes make no sense to me at all, but I'm trusting you that when I obey you, when I submit to you, when I honor you, the outcome of my life is awesome. I have victory. The drama isn't the focal point. The victory is. So let me just ask a question, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up, all right? Because i got to get to bed. Your friends and family, the people who know you best, your coworkers. Oh, let's talk about your coworkers. If they're describing you, do they describe your drama? Or your victory? The people you connect with in section connection, <laughs> are they amazed by your strength or by your situation? What's most impressive to you? Your struggle or your solution? So you get to decide, either make the tree good or make the tree corrupt. You decide. How am I going to position myself? I don't think any of us are consistently home run hitters. I think we all have a place to grow and, and get better, and that's what makes this so amazing is that the transformation process it's, it's not a moment. It's a lifestyle. That God would look at us and he'd say, you know what? 
I'm still working on you. Still working on you. He's got tools. And he knows how to use them. And he can do in a moment what hanging out with Todd could take months. Seriously. You know, we get with each other. We should get closer to God. But if we get with God, we'll get closer together. See, you might be wanting to be made happy. You might, you know, God, make me happy right now. But God might be wanting to make you different. See, he might be wanting to change you rather than appease you. You would rather be changed than appeased. Because happy is based on happenings. And happenings are always changing. But if you let him change you, you'll find out the thing that used to make you happy, you didn't even need it. Let him work in you. Would you bow your head for just a moment? God, today we just come into your presence and, and, and we start singing. You meet us here. Chains of bondage dissolve. Shame and guilt lose their grip. Rejections replaced with acceptance. Chaos is overwhelmed by the peace of God. But we stand as your people in need of more of you. Help us have a revelation that'll make room for transformation. God, don't let us settle for just information. God, let us put the tool in your hand. You know how to use it. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, we're all going to pray one more prayer. But if you're in this room today, and you know it's time to take your life and put it in his hands, I mean really, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. It's time to trust God. Maybe you've never done this before. Maybe you've done something that you called trust, but you know it wasn't. It's time to have a real surrender of your life and heart. You're going to offer yourself to Christ today. I want you to make this your prayer. And I want us to agree with you in prayer today. But if you're in this room, you say, okay, I'm going to give God my life, and I want him to transform me. I want him to change me from the inside out. I'm walking out of this place radically different than the way I came in. And and I'm serious. I'm not playing. I don't want God to play with me, so I'm not going to play with him today. If that's you right here, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if that's you, I I want you to stand to your feet right where you are. I'm not going to call you forward, won't have you come down, but but, just stand to your feet. Thank you. Hey, guys, just begin to clap and thank them. You know, support them because people are taking a stand for God. I said people are taking a stand for God. Just push yourself, push yourself up out of that chair right now and say, yeah, I'm ready for my life. Not to be a little different. 
I'm, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want a little adjustment. I'm talking about a radical transformation in my life. Just stay. Just stay standing. If you're on your feet and you're standing, I, I want you to stay standing for a minute. We're all going to pray. While we just hang out here for just a second, because there's there's more of you that you need it. You need you need to just say, okay, God, I'm going to take a stand. I've, I've I've redefined the the result of life. I, I've I've tried to take over. I don't want to I don't want to come to a bargaining table. God, I come to an altar. I'm going to surrender my life to you. It's awesome. There's a couple more of you that you, you, you just need to be on your feet. Why is that important? If you can't stand in here for him, you're never going to be able to stand out there. Just, just use those muscles and push yourself up. Get up on your feet. Well, what are people going to think? They're going to think victory instead of drama. It's awesome. That's awesome. Now, just everybody, everybody pray. And if, if, if you're standing, I just want you to stay standing for just a minute. I want everybody to just pray this. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. So I receive it right now in Jesus' name. Come into my life. Change me. Transform me. Give me vision. Let me see things I've never seen. Give me hope. And I put my hope in you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. I'm going to live for you every day of my life, starting right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, everybody, celebrate with heaven. It's awesome.